Man, it is Sunday. Wes Murphy here, Anxiety Help with Wes. Time for a story. Sean in Ireland has a depersonalization recovery story. This is from the DP, dpmanual.com. Sean, at the time of this, is 38 years old. He's an award-winning filmmaker. He has a master's degree in film studies. He is a writer and photographer. Exercises, great social life, loving family, avid reader, very creative person in general. A picture of him shows a guy Nabini looks like he's at a film festival. He's got some sort of lanyard around his neck, bright smile, blue eyes, light skin tone. And then he realizes he took all of this for granted for many years because he, he thought, hey, as long as I'm alive, I'll always have these things available to me. It would all change on 31st of August 2005 when he suffered an intense panic attack. Sean sitting alone watching television, it came out of nowhere and it was terrifying. And suddenly, this overwhelming fear comes over Sean and he couldn't see danger around him. It, it felt like the walls literally were closing in around him. Even worse, it felt like reality was actually breaking apart. He had no idea what was happening to him, and for a moment, he thought that he was actually going insane. And this is a feeling commonly reported in panic attacks. Sean, it reminds me what you're saying now of the Black Mirror episode or multiple Black Mirror episodes where what you think is reality is not reality. It's like the, the screen breaks apart and shatters because that's not real. A few minutes later, Sean calms down a little, though he still, he still felt really nervous. This panic attack had passed, but even after he calmed down, something was off. He didn't feel quite right, and he noticed that his mind had this fuzzy feeling. He's disoriented. It felt as if he was high on weed or something, maybe half asleep. So he goes straight to bed. All right, confident, he thinks. I can sleep this off. Everything's going to be fine in the morning. Except that it wasn't. So he wakes up the next day with the same fuzzy, weird feeling, and he couldn't shake it. Felt like he was dreaming that he, he couldn't wake up properly. And he was experiencing very strange symptoms. And Sean lists some of the symptoms of depersonalization on his website. Symptom one, feeling cut off from reality. He offers a cause. Mind pulls. Listen to this cause. When you go through a traumatic experience, car wash, panic attack, your mind pulls back from the experience because it seems too scary. That's why depersonalization often seems as if there's a pane of glass between the sufferer and the rest of the world. He goes on about that one. Symptom two, you feel like you're not real. Feeling like you're a robot watching yourself go about your life. Your movements and interactions aren't your own. You feel like your arms, hands, legs aren't your own. Your brain is trying to make sense of the feelings of depersonalization. Wow. 
Symptom three, disoriented perception of time. Fear of going insane. Visual disturbances. Feeling that your vision has changed. Tunnel vision, static, distorted, blurry, already distance, or excuse me, altered distance and the size of objects. Everything's flat like in 2D. Or have thoughts like, my vision feels like I'm in a dream. The reason is because your body is anxious. It makes the eyes more sensitive to picking up movements. Perfectly natural reaction that dates back to our evolutionary ancestry. What happens? The pupils dilate and let more light in. And he goes on to the biological reasons of the symptoms. But he is feeling all this and has no idea why he feels disconnected, not quite real, worlds in 2D, altered perception of time and memory. He is having constant, strange, and frightening thoughts, so much so that he found it hard to concentrate on anything in his life. It, it was horrible and it was frightening, but still, he knew. Sean says, I know. If this is going to go away. We'll just shake it off. It had to, right? More days go by. He felt the same. Then weeks. He begins to worry that what, whatever this is, it's not going away. The worry caused more panic attacks. He began to feel worse and worse. The fuzzy feeling was now constantly in his head, and he could not stop thinking about it. He couldn't concentrate on a book, film, or even a conversation anymore. He felt more and more disconnected from the world around him. His mind was racing all the time, trying to understand what was happening. He was having these horrible, frightening, existential thoughts all day, every day. And then the fear comes in that would really start to make him nervous and terrified. This was going to be his life permanently from now on. There's a picture of Sean, or a hand rather, in focus with the world behind him. It looks like it's a lake, and it's blurry, and the hand is reaching out to this nature, to the land, as if to suggest, I'm, I'm trying to find an answer, trying to figure this out. What Sean does, he goes to the local doctor, no help at all. <laughs> Doc says, hey, look, you're probably mildly depressed and anxious, um, but this feeling would appear on its own. Doctor did not react when he said the unreality feelings are being stuck in a dream. The thing that scares Sean here is the doctor doesn't recognize any of the symptoms. So he starts to think, what if this is some bizarre, unique condition? Weeks and months that followed, he just becomes desperate to find relief. He starts researching symptoms, tries a variety of treatments to help himself, meditates, massage, reiki, intense exercise, anything to get me out of this. None of these things were effective for very long, and the symptoms actually just got worse. Only a few weeks later, after a lot more research on the symptoms, he did come across the term for the first time, depersonalization. DP, 
as websites informed him, is a feeling of unreality, of not being connected to your surroundings, as if watching your life through a screen. He couldn't believe it when he read this. This is exactly what he had. So he has a name now, and that can provide intense relief. We talked about Ricky Williams last week. He was diagnosed with social anxiety, and that, oh, this is what I'm, I'm dealing with, and maybe I'm not along, alone. Some of you may be thinking right now, hold on, weeks? You found this weeks? You lucky dog, it took me years to even give it a name. Yeah, yeah, it can be challenging. The website said that DP is caused by traumatic experiences. And it usually only lasts while the trauma itself is happening, like a bad drug experience, a panic attack. But for many people, this can go on long after the experience. This is something Sean refers to several times, a bad drug experience. It seems as if we know uh, marijuana or other drugs can really alter our brain chemistry and cause some sort of traumatic experiences, especially for those who experience panic and depersonalization it can increase the symptoms or feelings or it can launch us into that state. I also notice Sean here is building anxiety and he doesn't have the proper coping. He's looking for this, but he it seems as if he hasn't found it. Sean now, again, is relieved that it had a name and it is a common condition. Then all of his relief is crushed immediately. Why? Because he realizes that there's no specific treatment that could cure it immediately. Nothing. Wow, depersonalization for years? Question mark? What gets worse? There were many people on DP forums who said that they've had these conditions for years, decades even. Sean remembers sitting at his computer. He's having a full panic meltdown when he read about these people. He couldn't deal with another month, never mind the rest of his life, and that there were no recovery stories to be found. He's terrified. And you know what he does? He stays in bed for days, and he's trying to process what's happening. A few weeks ago, let's think about this, Sean's life was great. Now he's stuck in this terrifying condition every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for the rest of his life. He talks about terror here, and he really describes it. And he says it's difficult to actually use the words to describe how bad and how terrified he felt. The best he can do is this, constantly afraid of the world around him. Everything and everyone he knew and loved were suddenly things to be scared of. He's totally cut off from them. He is living 100% of the time in his head, watching the world pass by. All of his enthusiasm for life is gone. He could hardly sleep and had regular nightmares. The DP was worse in the morning, so he spent half the day in bed with the curtains closed, and the symptoms got worse and worse. And he became convinced that his vision was affected by the condition, and he was seeing this visual snow and floaters, the word he uses. So he goes to an optometrist to make sure there was nothing wrong with his eyes. 
he begins to experience back and shoulder pain, which he'd never had before. So he's thinking maybe it's turned into some sort of muscular wasting disease. Spent almost every day researching this condition, this nonstop research, reading scary DP stories on forums and websites, constantly Googling things like, will DP or depersonalization go away? And checking for new results, hoping that some medication in the last hour has been discovered. He even looks up celebrities with depersonalization and found himself trying to imagine how they could possibly live lives active lives with this condition. Here's the thing. None of it helped, and he continued to feel worse. There's a picture of Sean, and he's got a shaved head at this point, uh, blue eyes open. There's a, a girl kind of out of frame beside him. She's smiling, but he has his eyes open to the camera, has a, a smirk, kind of looks terrified. Maybe I'm reading into it a little bit, but I've seen that look before, Sean. I feel you. This picture was around 2005. And he says, talking about the picture, at that point, he had stopped eating, dropped dropped a lot of weight, so he was unable to sleep at night. He's forcing a smile in the photo, kind of. And this terror he felt all day, every day. I don't know if I alluded to it a moment ago. As far as sleep, that's the weird thing too. If you're in a panicked state about the sensations you're feeling, there's really no escape. Maybe he speaks of that in a moment, but even sleep. He's lost his appetite, so he had to force himself to eat. And he could only manage a few bites at a time. He lost... 30 pounds in two months, that's a lot, Sean, especially because you're a trim dude anyway. As a last resort, he bought nutritional supplements to replace the meals he was missing. Had horrible thoughts like, I don't feel real, nothing feels real, I'm going insane. It was a nightmare. And if the thought like came to mind, the panicked the loop in his brain was, this is forever. I'm stuck. And nobody can help me. He emphasizes, if it's not already clear, hey, I'm losing my mind and my life is over. It makes me think, Sean, like being on a plane and the engine starts sputtering and you start spiraling toward earth. Like, what's it like if you're on in that moment? I've actually had that thought on a plane before and launched into a panic attack. Then something interesting happens to Sean. He calls this purgatory or hell. To try to make sense of what was happening to him, he considered the possibility that he had actually died on the night of the first panic attack and that now he was either in purgatory or hell. Sean, bro, Wes here. Look, these thoughts that we have in this state, that's that's where we are. And the people who have not experienced this don't understand how far our thinking can go. I remember thinking, Sean, what if this, stay with me here, what if I think I'm going to live to 80 or so, but 90, but at 30 years old, I found out that life, quote, life was a lie. I mean, 
like really the thoughts are earth shattering. I don't know if that makes sense, but I remember thinking, oh, what if it was like Santa Claus and I'm 30 and everybody's like, oh, it was all a joke. This isn't real. Back to Sean. He is convinced that he had developed some incurable disease. Yes, the disease phrase, schizophrenia, Alzheimer's, brain cancer, you name it. He was certain that if he didn't have it already, well, it, it was coming. He knew it was coming. I know an aneurysm came to mind for me. He developed another fear. This is called the constantly disappear off the face of the planet fear. I'm just going to literally disappear. And just, you know, it's like I've never been there. Oh, man. Same downward spiral. The thoughts led to more anxiety. All of this was, of course, was self-perpetuating. The anxiety, the DP, the not eating, the research all part of this downward spiral. We've talked about this before, the panic loop. The more deeply these habits became ingrained, the further away from normality Sean slid. He couldn't remember what he had even been like before this. I mean, Sean used to enjoy horror movies. Now even watching a movie seemed terrifying to the point where he would leave the room. Yep, the 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 stimula the stimulation the 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 sensations on the computer absolutely then comes rock bottom Sean's worst point he's attending a family wedding abroad good for you Sean that can be hard to travel you've not locked yourself in your room well from the moment he left to go to the airport the terrified feeling starts. He forces himself to still go. He is social and active. But his life turned into a movie before his own eyes. Nothing, again, seemed real. He was scared out of his mind all day, every day. Freaked out by every conversation. Sick of the sight of food. And convinced, hey, everybody knows it. I'm ruining everyone's time here. He wanted to curl up in a ball on the floor and weep. And somehow felt that doing so, okay, if I do that, it'll just make it worse. (sighs) That weekend, woke up in the middle of the night, panicked. And remember he had a dream that he felt depersonalized. Then he woke up and it was actually happening. There he talks about sleep. Yes, he couldn't escape DP, this feeling. Even in his sleep, there is no escape. On his way back from this trip, he got a a panic attack on the plane. Then he thinks, you know what? Life itself has literally collapsed around me. And he felt as if he were watching sanity leave him. He wouldn't be the same again. He'd spend the rest of his life in a quiet, dark room, terrified of these intrusions. He may even have to be admitted to a mental institution. Sean doesn't know, but very soon, he would have a new perspective. He doesn't know this yet. Sean, before this happens, though, starts to feel jealous of the people living normal lives, watching TV, working boring office jobs that they didn't even enjoy. He had once promised himself never to end up like that. And now it seemed like, oh my gosh, that's the dream life. I would take just anything, anything over this. And yet through it all, there was this part of Sean 
that refused to believe his situation was hopeless. There's this little grain, maybe, maybe. And Sean, absolutely, that's, even though everybody feels that way, who, who gets to your level of, of DP and the coping, based on your coping mechanisms at that time. Let me just start that again, Sean. Yes, that is very normal when I talk to people that they're like, it's done, it's done, I can't do it, and but I kind of want to keep going, and maybe there's a possibility. It's weird, Sean, because your body, the, the sensations and the lack of being able to process thoughts in the cerebral cortex because you're in this panic state and the, the thoughts aren't actually getting there, it, it, we can't out, it's hard to rationalize in that state. So we can only take what we read that's helpful and what others say. He couldn't believe the unfairness of what had happened. One minute he was fine and the next minute was gone. Sean, I also, one more thought, I hear that you keep looking back at that moment when I was good and then I'm not good and trying to analyze and break down what had happened. How could it just be gone? And furthermore, what did Sean do to deserve this? There was a part that it turned from fear to anger about what had been taken. And the anger would come up with the thought, you're telling me there's no way to recover from this? And the anger actually fueled him. I agree, Sean. Anger's better. The anger caused a determination. I'm going to get better. This this is garbage. Picture of Sean. He's smiling. I don't know what that represents, Sean. I know you're still suffering, but I think that tells me that things are about to change. Sean begins to make a stand. He'd always been a writer. He'd He was writing for the local newspaper when he was 16 years old. And in his time with depersonalization, he'd been keeping notes on how he was feeling, journaling regularly. So one day, instead of logging into the usual DP forums, he looked back over the notes. And he realized that certain factors, thoughts, behaviors, environment, seemed to influence how intense DP was on a given day. Certain things made it better, others made it worse. Okay, patterns. And he realizes something. If thoughts and environmental factors can affect DP, then it must be possible to stop it altogether by establishing precise habits that simply didn't allow it to persist. Sean, you just said two things. Okay, you've got the environment, got it, and then thoughts, yes, it is a, an addiction to thoughts that was either there before or is now present. I am addicted to thinking about this, which increases the spiral. DP was obviously not something that you could consciously stop, right? Like you might turn off a TV or put down a book. But if the condition is variable at all, which he knows it is at this point, then it had to be possible to stop the condition completely. But it couldn't be that simple, could it? If it was, why would DP forums be filled with people who are still suffering and not recovered? Then it hits Sean. 
What if going to those forums was part of the problem? What if constant researching and worrying about depersonalization was causing it to persist? He already knew from his research that, scientifically speaking, DP is an anxiety spectrum disorder. And like other anxiety spectrum disorders, constantly discussing it and researching it is not recommended and can actually prevent recovery from happening. In fact, positive reframing of the condition is a major part of CBT anxiety therapy. But Sean is doing the opposite. Every single day, he's looking up how to stop thinking about DP. And that's exactly why he couldn't stop thinking about DP. And that explained why there were so few depersonalization recovery stories in DP forums. The people who have recovered were staying away from those forums. It's obvious. Hmm. There's a picture of Sean here attending a film festival. He's got he's rocking his beanie. He's got a leather jacket. The caption underneath says, fully recovered. How'd you get there, Sean? Well, he says, by diverting himself is the start, which made perfect sense. The brief periods in which Sean didn't feel DP were always when he managed to divert, playing an instrument, playing a video game, listening to music. But while he was actively thinking about and researching DP, even when it was about positive information, he felt DP constantly. Boom, there is an obvious link. If he could learn to forget about depersonalization, then the depersonalization would stop. Unfortunately, (laughs) Sean, you know this, forgetting about something that you usually think about all day is not easy. Yes, most of us know that nowadays in DP. Not only that, but Sean says here, if I said to you, whatever you do, don't think about pink elephants. What's the first thing you think about? Pink elephants. So reminding yourself not to think about DP, of course, didn't work. The DP habit of thought had been firmly rooted in his daily routine and everything seemed to remind him. So Sean, Wes here, how'd you get out of it? Well, based on Sean's notes of the condition, he begins a strict regime powerful word of behavior and mental training to reestablish positive non-DP thoughts. Positive results within two weeks. Wow. And really positive results. He finds that he wasn't obsessed with DP anymore. Started to live life again. He was able to let go of the normal day. Um, excuse me, let go and go on with his normal day without constantly thinking about depersonalization. He kept tweaking the routine to make it better. I'm going to pause for a moment. I'm going to read that section again. He began a regime of behavior and mental training. So for anyone listening, that we can't just glance over that part. Sean, what is your regime of behavior. What's your behavior that you choose and what is your mental training you added in? Suddenly Sean realized after this that he wasn't actually frightened by the condition anymore, which is a massive breakthrough. And the symptoms were starting to fade day by day. So Sean, you're telling me you're not afraid of the thing. 
Like you are aware of it, but you're not afraid. He doubles down on the routine, and within a few months, he makes a complete recovery. Pause. Anyone listening, you're thinking, of course you would, Sean. Yours is different than mine. I've had a different experience. I know the way you think, you DPers. But unfortunately, and I say this to you, you're not that special. Everybody's case may be slightly unique to them, but you are not that special. It is not that unique. There is a name for it. And if you fit the the symptoms, you can trust that you have depersonalization. Sean could not believe it, but also knew that it had to work. All of the scientific information about DP tells us that it's a reaction to trauma. This, this is a protective measure, and it's meant to, meant, actually meant to be temporary. Listen, it's not a permanent condition. It's not supposed to last for days, weeks, or months. In fact, it's designed to fade away just after a few minutes. Sean smiling in some sort of exotic land, ruins that are absolutely beautiful. He says in this picture he is 100% recovered. He is traveling the world. Sean, side note for me, I, I wouldn't claim that I'm totally recovered. I still experience it. I'm not nervous about it like you, and I have to manage it. I have to go in and do my, I know what I need to have in my recipe for my each day in order to keep my mental health. But I, I wouldn't say I'm 100% recovered. It flares up. Let's listen to Sean's total recovery. He gets his career back on track. And life after DP is amazing. And frankly, he found himself wondering, what are you even worried about, Sean? Yes, sometimes after we're out of that state, we're like, what was it even like to be in that state? It's even, even after you experience it and you're looking back on it, it can be hard to even imagine what it was like. It's so crazy. Soon after, he starts deleting accounts from DP forums. He decides to share a DP manual with a few friends he makes online. So Sean realizes, look, people need help here. I'm going to put in a manual some things that have worked for me. Well, he sends it out, and the reaction is incredible. So he shares it, and other people start seeing positive results within weeks too. Hmm. So he builds a basic site for it, sold a few, uh, sold the book for a few dollars, thinking it might help some people here and there, and he could expand in, in his spare time to guess what? Amazing results. He says the book's popularity just kept growing and growing. And to anyone listening, I haven't looked at the numbers, the sales of the book. Obviously, he's selling something here. So you can do that research on your own, and I'll, I'll, I'll cut to a clip of Sean in just a moment. Sean says people were consistently seeing amazing results and even contacting him with suggestions for new chapters and sections. So he expanded it every year and kept building the website. Sean, you know, I'm with you, man. That's why I'm doing this. Because if you go through this and you come out, you you, it's like if you have a, a best friend in, in, in a really bad circumstance and you know how to get them out of that circumstance, you want to help. So Sean wrote uh, articles for DP Publications Online, records an audio book, news sections like DP Pep Talk and DP Facts. He was determined that the, the manual would be the final source of information on the topic. 
that anybody would need. He wanted it to be the book that he could have found when he got DP. I feel you, brother. A book that told him exactly what he was experiencing, why and why he didn't need to worry, and exactly what he needed to do to alleviate the symptoms and recover. That would have saved him weeks, months, even years of suffering. My understanding, Sean, is that you suffered two years, or you you dealt with this for two years, and after you came out of it, you're telling me that your motivation to write is because you didn't have to deal with it for that long. Now, 10 years plus later, four editions, 2005, so this article might have been written in 2015 or so, four editions, 10,000 copies, good for you. DP Manual is the most trusted and comprehensive text on depersonalization recovery available anywhere, maybe. Sean, awesome picture, glasses, v-neck, he's got the fedora on, we got a confident look. Thank you, Sean, great article. That is the end of his article, and now I'm going to go to, uh, would you like to hear, Sean, would you like to hear his Irish, Ireland, let's hear that Irish accent, oh, I didn't put in audio track two, so that's not going to happen. But I'm going to listen to him. Hang on. No, I'm not going to listen to him. His, let me direct you to his YouTube channel. Um, this video is called Depersonalization Recovery. Three things you need to know. 2020. Okay. The DP manual. That's the thing. YouTube depersonalization the dp manual or dpmanual.com looks like he's got about 3500 subscribers he posted two weeks ago about symptoms and it has 4000 views i'm also sorry i couldn't play that video but technical you know what i'm saying i'm learning i'm also looking at dpmanual.com um, he's got some really good articles. If you go to, so his program looks like it's 40 bucks. If anyone wants to go try it, let me know what you learn. I'll tell you why I would, if I were in the middle of DP, why I would consider this. Because I'm looking at his articles, and he's got a lot of articles. Dude is not playing around. Depersonalization during coronavirus, 10 simple tips to get through it. How to Stop Existential Thoughts. So he offers a lot for free. Talks about self-isolation and social distancing, your hygiene, news consumption. Yes, Sean. If you want to stay informed, keep it regulated. Sean talks about regulating news. I remember when some panic started to come over me about the coronavirus stuff. And I thought, okay, I know exactly where I need to limit my news consumption today. And that's literally none because people would surely let me know. So I didn't need to watch news because if any channel, the news is going to tell you how bad it is. And they're also biased because the news needs ratings. But he's got a lot of great articles. You can go and purchase the thing. 40 bucks. If you give it a try, let me know. That's better than an expensive counselor for many years who doesn't know 
Thank you, Sean. And thank you, Sean, for painting a beautiful picture about what you went through. I think you've helped people who are who are there to go, yeah, man, it's cool to know that a, a rocking guy like Sean in Ireland is feeling the same. Like he really gets it. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for your creative work. I went to Sean's IMDb page, Internet Movie Database, and Sean has a lot that he's done. He's done a lot of writing. He's done a lot of photography. He's done a lot of filmmaking. I have not checked out any of your work, Sean, but uh, but but keep keep it going. I also know in that world, as far as being creative, that the instability of that life can also bring about some depersonalization and anxiety. So I hope that you have got your the instability of an artistic life in some sort of um, I want to say perspective or lock that you've you've got the tools, the coping to handle that because it can be cray. That is it for this week. Let me end with two announcements. Email me at anxiety, excuse me, support at anxietyhelpwithwest.com. Email me, Wes, Wes Murphy, support at anxietyhelpwithwest. This is the podcast, Anxiety Help with Wes. If you go on my thing, my iTunes podcast deal, uh, and rate it. I now have 10 ratings, and my goal is to get to 11. One step at a time, ladies. Let's get to 11. If you write a review, I would love your feedback, good, bad, or whatever, because I have such a blast in doing this and knowing, hey, maybe maybe these powerful recovery stories and how someone, an actual person, gets through it is helpful. I've been there, and if you're in DP right now, you you really, it's just a, a side effect of the maybe the thought addiction or the unchecked stress. So DP, it's meant to help you. I feel you. Stay strong. Keep keep at it. Keep doing it. We'll see you next week. Bye.